1: Good morning, everybody. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's pre-market prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. We've got a lot to get through. Uh, of course, we'll talk about Warren Buffett's annual letter between that and the vaccine and stimulus getting to the house. We are off. Pretty much across the board this morning, so we'll talk about that and how that uh, sets us up for the rest of the week here. Got a couple earnings on our radar as well. Our guest is Tim Quast. He is the founder of Market Structure Edge. Today's show is also sponsored by Market Structure Edge. It is the first decision support platform for traders built on Market Structure. Try the new way to trade for free at MarketStructureEdge.com there's where's the link in the chat there's a link uh on the bottom of the screen there uh let's throw it to joe now joe will bring your charts up on the screen how are we doing in the overnight trading session
2: all right we're doing well spencer we close on friday boom back up 40 handles 49 a quarter friday's high fifty seven seventy five. got to 57 even there's your bogey on the upside Uh, Crude, a little weak on Friday. That's up 79 cents at 62.29. Gold, trying to get away from 1700. Big breakdown on Friday, up seven bucks at 17 to 3580. Silver, going the same way, but a little bit more, 1.4%. That's up 37 cents at 2681. Wild weekend for Bitcoin. I saw it trading in the 43000 handle. Now up $2,350 at 48680 You tell me if 45000 is important support. Just bases the futures here in Bitcoin. We're now bumping into the 3850 handle. handle. Uh, Triple D, we were chatting Saturday morning for the pop here. And here we are right. Back at Friday's high, will the rally continue?
3: Mm, To be determined. I'd say we're in the middle of nowhere here. I'm kind of in the camp of it depends on your positioning. I mean, if you're too heavy, you use the rallies to lighten up here. I'm going to say it again. You're on margin here. You know, like, oh, stocks are always going to come back. I want to be, you know, two times margin or whatever your brokerage house allows. I think you're way too heavy for this market. I think there's a lot of risk in here right now. So could it continue down? Well, we were talking about this from last week. You know, it might just bounce back. But, you know, I try to assess risk. And when we had that first washout last week, that's when we had the bounce after that, the immediate bounce a few hours later. I use that to lighten up some of the risk. So long-term stuff, I'm sitting with a little bit of cash right now. I'm not all in. Um, short-term trading, play the shop, buy the dip, sell the rip. That's what Mitch says, what I say. It's what it continues to work. Friday close. Whatever there was that a rebalance. Was there was, there was some, apparently a sloppy. rebalance.
2: Sloppy, uh, not
3: even sloppy. It was just straight <laughs> down. I mean, they hammered stocks. So, prop trader, you know, I'm always trading everything. I do a gap sheet at the close. What's that mean? I got I sent a whole bunch of orders, locs to buy on the close if stocks are willing to gap down. I usually get you know I'll send you know, I, I, honestly I think I sent over a hundred stocks usually. I usually get maybe one, maybe two, <laughs> you know, on, on, and, and on the end of the discuss month. I why, always though, send them on the end of the month. Dennis,
2: discuss why. I mean, you're not, you you want something that's out, out there. Yeah, right? like
3: I'll throw a gap sheet down. Usually I run it about half a percent down. So something gaps down a half a percent on the close. One of the, I'm talking the majors. I'm not talking some small caps. Give stocks. me an example. I'm talking your big stocks like Apple, Microsoft, like your mega caps. So I usually run at half a percent. I ran it wide because it was looking sloppy and we were in a more volatile environment. I think I ran at three quarters of a percent. Normally, you know, on those gap sheets, I, like I said, I might get one stock, I might get two. I filled in 30 positions, 30 stocks on the close. <laughs> Boom. Four o'clock. You own 30 stocks. Bang. It's like, ho. Oh. They gapped this sucker down. (laughs) So anyway, still working out of some of those here this morning. But, I mean, anybody got filled in those gap close? you're still holding them to today. It's a windfall. I was, and I hedged out um, a lot of the risk because, you know, I'm not going (laughs) to take all that long risk into the end of the week. I'm not suicidal here. So I hedged out, you know, majority of it off with spy and Q's. Uh, but, man, I tell you, if you weren't hedging, you just decide, oh, I'm just going to buy that close. You got a lot of gifts. Look at Apple in the last, like, five minutes. Look what it did in the last five minutes. Right From there. 125 to 121. Last five minutes. Straight down. Hammered them on the imbalances. Yes, it was a little rebalance. That's the, probably the reasoning behind it. But um, you can just keep going through. Bring up any stock in the S&P. It pretty much looks the same. Um, There was just, you know, just a ton. You know, I can just go through even some of the ones that I got here, too. But, um, you know, like Microsoft ran down significantly on the close, 235 to 232 in the last, like, two minutes. These are big moves. And obviously, SPY, we know we lost 40 handles in the last seven minutes. So, you know, there is opportunities here. And when you see moves like this, typically textbook is to provide liquidity into that because usually there's a bounce back. We, we got the bounce back here over the weekend. Stimulus helped it. Um, so, you know, where do we go from here is the next question. And I'm going to say nobody knows. Again, nobody knows anything. We're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Does this rally fade? Well, it was the sell-off that was overdone. It was for order flow inefficiencies there with uh, the rebalance at the close. So we dropped 40 handles on nothing. So we're getting the 40 handles back. So we're basically back to where we were at 350. batch Yep. at 3:50 pm 10 minutes before the close on friday so you look and you analyze the technicals and you know on some stocks you still look okay on other stocks you look completely broken so it's stock to stocks uh, it's dependent here to a certain extent but like normally you see rotation normally you see okay well this is up and this is down today is one of those days where they are just buying absolutely everything um, I've got a list of 200 stocks, main major S P components I keep on my screen at all the time. Every single one of them is green. Haven't seen a day like that in a while. Every single one of them is green. Uh, General Dynamics just ticked red, but I think that was just uh, off, off exchange print. Um, if you're looking at the filters, I run a filter of 2,000 stocks in it. i got eight stocks that are down. Um, most of them European, RACE is trading down, FTI is down, like eight out of 2,000. So that's how telling you how broad-based this rally is this morning. So they're just coming and they're buying every single stock. There's going to be some separation, though. So you got to look and you say, okay, well, this is, you know, warranted, this is not. Are we, you know, rallying on stimulus? So is this a reopening trade? And does some of the stay-at-home tech, like Peloton, start to roll over here? It's a possibility. But they've been weak here as of late, and there's buy-the-dippers everywhere and stuff. So... Again, this is a tricky market here this morning because I'm not seeing any real pattern stand out. It's a buy everything rally,
2: and you have uh, you have an interesting week. I mean, you have you know jobless claims on Thursday, retail earnings uh, start in earnest tomorrow, jobs number on Friday, which we really haven't been uh, been moving off that much, so i don't know i think i think if you get that dip again off this open i think you're gonna find buyers and i think if you get a real solid rip a continuation move you're gonna find sellers and just kind of grind into that friday number but uh i mean i was looking at that i was like okay this is a good rally this is like 345 apple's up microsoft is up amazon google facebook they're all up and then i'm like oh man And then on the close, they just read, I think, that the imbalances. I still don't understand why these guys – I know they need the closing print, Dennis. But, gosh, isn't there a more efficient way to get out of these large positions and putting those kind of stupid orders out on the close? But they need that closing print, right, for the –
3: yeah, if you're rebalancing they're gonna need yeah. to close. So that's, you know, the same reason why Tesla gapped up, you know, from six seventy to six ninety five when it was getting added in the S and P. You get these you get these, you know, rebalances that have to happen. And, you know, that's a smaller one there on the on the on the Friday, but so it's not like a big major S and P rebalance. It was one that I actually I'd even forgotten about. I knew it was there, but I forgot about it. But like I run the gaps all the time anyways, end of the month. I, I run the gap sheet every day. But when I usually get stocks is usually third Friday, end of the month, end of the quarter, and on a, any special rebalance day. That's usually when you're getting stuff. And usually this stuff works out. I mean, I'm not telling everybody to go around. You have to, The one thing advantage of a prop firm, right, you, you, you can send more orders because you're sitting with a retail account, you know, and you send 10 stocks, and you're like, oh, I'm merging out. So, I mean, it, it's tougher if you're not propped to participate in some of this stuff. But again, if you're just cherry picking some of these imbalances, you can. You get the imbalances. It's all posted. It's public information. You can look and they're like, everything's massive to sell here. So there's going to be some stocks moving on this. So at 350 all the traders that get the imbalance feed look and they're like, whoa. This is going to be ugly if these are real, and they were, and that's why we kept dropping. So they're anticipating, if the anticipatory traders that read the 350 imbalances start selling stocks, start selling the futures, just start hammering them, because it looks like there's going to be a heavy, a lot of selling on the closing print, and that's exactly what it is. So sometimes you get the gap down, sometimes you get the rundown. A lot of times in this market environment with HFT, it's a rundown. Where they're hammering bids all the way down, and then at the closing print, it kind of just you know settles out to where it is that they've kind of figured it out. But there was still some gap downs on the close too. So and they too. It, yeah, also
2: you. Got oh yeah, you, yeah. You can't they just flip.
3: take it and say oh, I'm going to show all these stocks that are going to go down. You don't know for sure. I don't usually play it that way. I usually just play it if they're going to run down. We're going to lose 50 handles in the last five minutes. I'll be a buyer because that feels overdone. And if it's off, you know, of rebalance here. It's over and you know what? A lot of those stocks bounce back after hours, and I was able to flip out. I'm like Disney. I think I got. I think I had Disney that was really got. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it Disney does. got hit a little bit. There's been some people joining late yeah. here. I think they slept in a little bit, and they just want you to just real quick run the gap sheet mean. Just real so quickly. i running. Once
3: again. Yeah. So multiple ways, and I I've got different algorithms too, but I've just got a basic Excel VBA spreadsheet. And it's grabbing, you know, it's linked into my account. It's grabbing the, clo- the the prices where it's, you know, the current price. It's grabbing that. And then it's going to send the orders based on where the closing price is. So if you want to get it towards the close, you send it like 10 seconds before the close. It depends how quick your algo can go too, right? Um, you know, if you send 100 stocks, we can instantaneously send them all. Great. But you send that, you know, 0.5 percent, 10 seconds before the close, and if stock gaps down more than half percent on the close, you're probably going to get filled long. Again, I'm sending them loc. You can send them limit, but then you get picked off as a problem. Like people that don't have access to loc orders, you just send normal limit orders, and we're getting really market structure-y here, and it's going to be be above maybe a lot of our listeners. But you know, there is some, you know, some pretty seasoned traders out there. So I'm kind of talking to you guys right now. I mean, these are inefficiencies that. I try to. This is an edge. I mean, you know, I bought you had Bob Bright on, on on just talking, you know, on Friday because uh, Joel did a three thirty show there, and he had Bob Bright talking. I mean, Bob's talking about the edge. This is an edge. I mean, a stock gapping down a half a percent because of a rebalance is an edge. It's a, it's a tradable edge, and the edge is that I'm going to provide liquidity into that. I'm going to buy into that closing print because I think it'll snap back. A lot of times they do. The market was so heavy, a lot of stocks didn't snap back. Now over, you know over the weekend they did, but you get luck from the stimulus stuff. So, you know, the, the whole goal of that is to try to, you know, say it's it down half percent. Well, I think it's going to snap back maybe half of that, maybe pick up of a quarter of a percent. So it all depends on, you know, And you can send
2: that within the last 30 seconds or last 10 seconds, Dennis? Yeah,
3: and IB has it too. And IB, I can send with two seconds to go. I can send a sheet. You, 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 you got to be careful. You got to make sure. When you're using algorithmic trading, you can't make mistakes. There's no, like, Oh, you know, um, no, you send, you know, 100 orders in a second. If you put your parameters out to lunch, you could really get screwed. So I'm not, I'm not advocating that any non-season traders be using algorithmic trading. It's suicide. You've got to really be seasoned to do some of those algorithmic strategies. I've run algorithmic trading strategies for 20 years. So I'm comfortable with my programs. I've got my own proprietary programs that I've had created. You know, I have other ones. Like I said, Interactive Brokers has some good ones, too, and I've used theirs as well. But, yeah, you can send them all. There's lots out there. You can send them with two, some of these guys, really sophisticated, and send them with us like a second to go. Boom. But if you send it LOC, you're only going after the closing print, limit on close. That means you get fill in the closing print or it cancels. You send them limit. You know, you sent them early, you could get picked off on a rundown. So these are different, you know, lot, strategies lot sh- that are maybe getting ahead of everyone. But okay. we're just trying to give you a different eye of, you know, they're trying to open up a different world to some of our listeners out there, that this is what's really happening. You know, these are the strategies that are happening behind the scenes by the professional traders. It's so what your high-frequency traders? are running this kind of stuff too. Maybe a little bit of different spin on it. I put it, you know, my own little spin on it too. But for the most part, just trying to take advantage of a pricing inefficiency at the close. Gapping down, running down, you know, five, four points on Apple in the last 10 minutes is not an inefficiency that I would try to take advantage of.
2: All right, climbing into the 50 handle here, up 42 and three quarters handle, 38.52. Uh, Spencer, do you want to cover some earnings? Really not much. I saw I Stratasys. Is that one. out yet? What's up workforce? on ExxonMobil? What's just, up on just, Exxon Mobil? Just, ripped just Is now. Oil taken here. Oil hey, it's up sixty-three cents. Let's take yeah. a look
1: at ExxonMobil Let's take a look at Exxon Mobil here. Something's going on there. Let's take a look.
3: Just, just, just ripped higher. Do, Let's take
1: Check, a look. Uh, they're adding a few people to their board.
3: Did they just come out with a press release? It's on CNBC right yeah. now. Yeah,
1: looking, looking. Yeah, they're
3: talking about it on CNBC right now.
1: Uh. No, it looks like the same muscle report. Adding adding Jeff, Ubin and uh Mike, Angelakis to their board. Okay.
2: A uh, it- pair of highs, nothing here to look at folks, until we got a big level. Two highs. Fifty seven even fifty seven and a quarter. Stopped at fifty seven. Might even be some stock in the book at fifty seven now. Okay, let let you guys run with it for
1: that. A that was interesting. Uh, yeah, there's no PR. But it, no, it's just kind of, of talking
2: to CNBC. Yeah, too.
1: yeah, it's got the okay. breaking news banner on everything. All right, uh, we we got some breaking news here, I guess. Very, always. Oh suspicious. no. No, my soundboard's not plugged in. Damn. Okay. All right, go. Get that fixed. Sorry. Okay. Uh, let's go back to uh, the 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 rest of the agenda. So that was a good lesson. We'll get to more uh, more of that conversation with Tim Quast when he's on at eight thirty-five. Let's just talk. Let's talk Johnson Johnson here. Okay. Uh, the news was out over the weekend. Single dose vaccine gets the emergency use authorization from the FDA. This was out, I believe on Saturday morning. I, um, I think it was out so it's been a couple of days now um same story as you know the prior vaccines the shipments going to be the, the rollout will be a little bit slow but they expect to get it uh to get more as we go on here JJ is up this morning or at least it was last i checked no it's not i stand corrected it is now whoa look at that J pre-market chart
2: <laughs> boy dennis were you up at 4 a.m on this Joel, this is you right now. I gotta go. I'll be back okay. in a couple months. Okay. All right. He's got Whoa. a lock here. Um uh, one sixty five. We talk about this uh you know overreaction with the four AM opening. Holy cow. I mean, come on. 165. That so it's up two seventy nine now. So it was up five, six dollars. I mean, isn't this is just kind of like old news? Weren't we talking about this last week? Yeah. 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 Wow. I don't know what to say. I mean there was no there was no exact daily high at one sixty five, one sixty one sixty five ninety six. But even if you're not reacting, you know, let's say you didn't sell immediately on that four AM pop. I mean, if you waited to like four fifteen, four thirty, five o'clock, five, you know, even up to the six o'clock hour, I mean, when news comes out like that, this the big overshoot. And now, I mean, it's still up two seventy nine, but we're within yesterday. We're within the range already from uh from Friday. So holy mackerel! Let's just use one sixty two forty one. I mean that's a buck twenty away, and then one sixty three seventy. So, besides, you have to throw out the pre market action here and just look at your levels from Friday. Uh, Two seventy seven. I mean, well, this did have a big range on Friday. I don't know if it's going to go, uh, fall, go that far back and go red on the session because we had such a, you know, big sell off. It was down five points on Friday, and now four points on Friday, and now getting it back. So. Friday's close 158.46. I'm keeping an eye on the high from yesterday, 162.41. They're only going to ship four million doses. So I don't even know how much this adds to the bottom line either. It's more just kind of a feel-good thing. But uh, that's what you got there. Johnson and Johnson still up 270, which looks great. 161.16. 16. That's the good news. The bad news is it. Earlier, it hit 165.
1: I bet you, Dennis is getting down and dirty in the banks right now. Go look at like J.P.
2: Morgan, right? Uh well, it sounds like he had some oil positions there. The way he reacted to the Exxon Mobil. what's uh, what's moving with the banks? Or they're they're is- they're just I mean,
1: they're off with everything else. There's uh, no there's no news. I mean, I guess we're taking a breather from from bonds controlling the entire market here this week.
2: Like they did last week. Uh, let's see what the bond market's doing. Uh you it's having a halfway decent day. Uh, but I mean, look at the move that it's had. Holy macro, I guess not. Pre market trade. No, bonds are getting killed. That's right. I'm looking one forty three twelve, uh back at the low from Friday in the TLT. So the rate battle continues uh boom that's it your tlt is getting whacked and your bank stocks are going up let's take a look at jp morgan
1: Uh, i I think that's your leader here this morning unless i yeah
2: not a lot of pre-action just already trading above friday's high let's see all-time closing high in this one that's the level i'll give you for uh for jp morgan let's see well, all time high was made on Thursday, 154.90, 151.18. So, wow. bit Up big from the close. That probably got hammered on the selling balances too. 150, 140. So, you haven't hit Friday's high yet. Friday's high is 150.87. Uh, take a look at that. Wow. Big ranges in this stock. Well, now it's 150. So, I guess it I guess a 4 point range is not as bad but uh still under Friday's high at 15087 let's take a look at uh Bank of America that's getting a pop too that's a very big move for Bank America this is at Friday's high folks keep an eye on uh 3560 now we haven't even got to Friday's high yet 3604 uh, the recent high in that one was a buck higher at 37.03. Uh, 38.604. That's what I'm looking at in JP Morgan. S&P's back under 38.50 there. Uh, but not seeing. ExxonMobil news really can't move the banks, but we'll see what's going on with them. Uh, I don't know if
1: you have anything new to say about Workhorse. They're supposed to have earnings this morning. I don't see it out yet but they of course they had the news that the two headlines last week the headline from Wednesday or from Tuesday that they were not getting the contract from the USPS yeah. and they had, and the headline from Thursday that the the uh, congress is, is going to fight that decision so don't know what's going on there but they're they're supposed to report earnings for whatever earnings are worth to a growth company like this they're supposed to report earnings today
2: I mean, you. I mean, it got obviously got oversold on that decline. What was that on uh, on Tuesday? Little bit of a technical bounce, but I mean, I don't know how you know what the politics. What other? Let's say you are buying this, you got to look at that low that you had on Tuesday as a potential exit point. You also had it did come into monthly support here, but what's the catalyst going to be? right i mean if it's let's say congress doesn't uh i don't know what congress is trying to do to get them to reverse the decision uh but it's a i mean they took it they went with a u.s company a well-established u.s company uh as opposed to uh you know a new company and uh workhorse so i don't I don't argue with the decision. Congress can, but I don't know what the chances of that being reversi- reversing. And I don't know what other catalysts you have out there to get this stock back over 20 bucks.
1: Let's talk Berkshire Hathaway. We, we haven't talked about that yet. Um, put a one in chat if you read Buffett's annual letter over the weekend. I did. I love reading it every year. It's one of my favorite things to read. I would recommend every new trader, mostly, not so much traders, mostly new investors, read Buffett's annual letter because it, it, it's hard to read it and not come away feeling really good about buy and hold and about America and about investing in American businesses because, gosh, that guy just has a whether it's him or, or whoever writes his letters, I don't know if it's him or it's someone else at this point, but they do a great job. They're, they're, they're really easy to read. And they make you – they just make you feel so good. Like I feel so good about the future whenever – after I read one of his letters and I feel really good about buying a hold and investing because he makes it seem so easy. And I know its it's not that easy, but he just makes it seem like it's easy. Anyway, uh, Berkshire Hathaway had earnings over the weekend. I mean, talked a lot about buybacks, talked a lot about buying back more Class A shares. That's why Class A shares are so expensive. Um, and and Apple's buyback, how how that's helped Berkshire. Um, but let's just pull up the chart. The earnings were good. I mean, what would you expect? They're uh, Oh, they bad. had
2: earnings along with the annual letter. Not doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so
1: uh, so all right. Look, op- operating profit declined year over year that's to be expected uh down uh, f- f- uh 5.48 billion in the third quarter versus 8.07 billion a year ago uh, again to be expected there they did buy back 9.3 billion shares worth of stock in the third in their third quarter so our fourth quarter and um, yeah.
2: Uh, it's getting a pop here. I just would keep an eye. We are we had We're over Friday's high here. <laughs> this is a tough one. Two fifty fifty six. I don't think it. After being up five and three quarters, handles. That's the only number you have there. It's two fifty fifty six, and you came down very hard off that. You had a ten point break. You're trading in uh two forty six and a quarter. I would be a little bit nervous, not nervous, but if this broke 245, you may see your close at 4369 and 4293. So just quickly, anyone that got caught up in this little two-day sell-off, you boom, you're right back in the middle Uh, on earnings. Let's see what kind of volume is trading. This probably doesn't trade a lot of volume. Uh, no, 26,000 shares. So, so I'd be a little bit careful, be more leaning toward selling into this pop than uh trying to buy it and thinking it's going right back to 250.58. All right, I'm back.
3: Sometimes you get buried on the wrong side of a trade and you're just like trying to work out of it as best you can. Sometimes you know, when you trade and then on any given day, I got 50 to 100 overnights. You get news every once in a while, and the news is going to not okay. be in your favor. It's in your favor sometimes, and it's not in your favor sometimes. And it's just about learning how to work out of a, a position where the news is against you. So when you don't know the news, you got to quickly figure out the news, and then you got to figure out why, you know, what's happening here, and is this move going to continue? Do I cut it now? What do I do with that? I mean, managing out of losers is going to dictate your performance as a trader more than managing out of your winners. Um, because I know in this environment people don't have a lot of experience with losers, but you will. I mean, if you continue to trade over the course of years, you will see bear markets, you will see all kinds of you know, different market environments, and you got to learn how to manage out of those losers. First things first, why? You know, what's the reason here? You got to know what is happening. When you're doing a live radio show, sometimes it's like, okay, I don't know what's going on with my stock, and I got to go find out. So I actually had two stocks just hammering me right there. And I was like, I got to go see what's going on. So I'm not going to talk about them for now. I'll, t- I'll talk about them tomorrow because I'm still in some of these positions here. Sure. Um, and I don't like to talk about my active trades that I'm actually trying to work out of uh, for, for obvious reasons. One, I don't want people trying to screw me. Yeah, those so Reddit really right right guys, they're waiting manipulate. for you to. Yeah, I don't want to have my, my, something I say potentially influence where the stock's going from an active trade. So I'm not going to talk about those two, but I can talk about them tomorrow. But that's what was happening there. So okay, let's move. I'm 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 in a better position now though. So, All right. yeah. So Good. <laughs> that's my location. So we've had lots. We haven't talked Kathy yet on the show. We got five minutes before uh, Tim comes. Uh, sure, yeah, let's do the Kathy before he comes on to talk Kathy pops and Kathy drops. I mean, is there ever is a Kathy drop? Um, uh, I let's mean, go through. Do you it, have the list in front of you? What you bought? There,
1: from? there was a Kathy drop last week. I mean, you well, the overall, it... yeah. I mean, on individual <laughs> stocks, that's
3: a pretty. On individual stocks, in, let's in see. ABC. Last
1: week, ARKK yeah. down fourteen percent, ARKW down thirteen percent, KG down thirteen percent. Um, that's that's
3: it. Yeah, it hasn't been a good
1: week for her. Yeah, down
3: eleven percent. There. Let's talk her individual stocks. So, what was she buying on Friday? I had the list in front of me and. For whatever reason, my sheet of paper is gone. I, I tend to think the six year old might have ran away with it, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Anyways, I have no arc sheet in front of me, so I forget what she was buying. But I had a list of about twenty five stocks that she bought.
1: So all right, again, we're, we're looking for big buys and and smaller and, or, names. and or new buys,
3: uh, new buys, smaller names. Big buys, if it's bigger
1: names, can sometimes be influential. But the most right. thing is the smaller names. So what we're not going to do, for example, is talk about 8,000 shares of Shopify. That's not going to move it. But maybe, potentially, her buying 278,000 shares of BLI, Berkeley Lights.
3: Maybe. There's an interesting one. Okay, we'll so sure. that is not working. Keep going through the list. BLI <laughs> is one of the few stocks that are down. Is there news on that? Uh, i don't know I didn't actually... there, I, I, here, here i was saying it's hardly any stocks down bli is not in my 2000 filter scan but holy mackerel um whoever was chasing around that one is getting punished for that this morning that stock is down uh, um... i was tweeting it out friday night i'm like everybody who's been buying these kathy pops and buying the stocks up four five six percent it's not been a good move in the last week so if you're paying up five six percent for a kathy stock after hours You've been getting hammered with that strategy because those things have been giving it back. We know there's times when a bull market when Kathy stocks go up, you buy them up five, they go up ten. There's not the market to buy them up five because they don't usually go up ten. In this case, BLI, I don't know what it was doing Friday night after if it was moving at all, but it's down. It's down a bot. So if you're paying up for that, you're getting hammered.
2: You know what I noticed? Uh, I don't. I'm not playing these, but I, I've noticed because uh, it comes through the email that it like you get it and then there's a correction. Afterwards, have you noticed Stop that? Sometimes, yeah. Not, yeah.
1: That's not every
2: day. That's uh, oh, times. oh, oh, no. Correction. I, uh, it's a tough strategy. It works both ways. We were talking last week about, you know, fading it. Uh, very influential. She's been really. I mean, I think the most interesting thing to talk about is uh, is this uh, PLTR.
1: I was going to go there. So she bought some yeah. here yesterday or Friday. Yeah. Uh, bought uh, just under two point five million shares in the ARKK fund. Yeah. So She's we've seen. We, we have
3: lots of precedents here first day she bought it was back on the 16th the stock closed 2730 and ran up to 30 or it was the day before yeah i think it was that day around the 16th um and then it bounced back obviously because she bought the stock um then it was like 2 days uh, the 18th or whatever she bought a whole pile around 25 probably and the stock ramp bounced back up to 30 so again we've seen a kathy pop in palantir multiple times this one if it was just a new one but she's done it multiple times it's still getting a nice lift i mean it's still trading up six percent because people can't help themselves they just have to buy and pay up huge if you're paying up huge for the kathy stocks you're getting punished for it a day or two later, and sometimes that day. So I would say, you know, it's you can anticipate it. You know, when it's down big, that she, maybe she's going to buy, it and maybe it'll get the pop. But the people who are anticipating are selling it to you today when it's up six percent. Could it go up seven, ten percent? Yeah, it depends on the market. The market rolls over here. This palantir is going to probably give some back. The market continues to rally. Maybe the palantir continues to go. But paying up six, seven, ten percent for a Kathy Pop right now has been the recipe to lose money in the last week. Just warning you.
2: That's not a good looking chart. I I don't care what you say. I don't care. Not who's at all. Buying it. That is not a healthy looking chart in any way. And they just hit earnings. And so consider there was a this, catalyst. Joel.
3: And consider this. It's been popped three times from Kathy Woods. So, you take away all those Kathy Woods pops and the buying pressure. So, one, she puts buying pressure on when she's buying stock, she's holding it up. Two, you have everybody who's chasing it that is popping it too. Take Kathy Woods out of this stock. Where is Palantir right now? Where is PLTR without Kathy Woods? That's my question to you too, Spencer. Where would it be? I tell you, it wouldn't be 2536. It wouldn't be 2390. It's probably significantly under 20 without Kathy Woods. Because think about all the shares that she's bought and all the people who chase her. Have been buying shares. Not, we watched it go from twenty-five to thirty, you know, in two days, yep. just because of Bank Kathy care. Woods. If you remove all that Kathy Woods effect on Palantir, it's significantly lower. So that's one concern: is that it has had so much Kathy Woods buying pressure, and the stock is struggling to go higher. That's telling me there's a lot of natural sellers in here, and that shirt does not look healthy either. I would not want to own Palantir.
1: Uh, programming note, uh, Kathy Wood will be doing, a, I believe, a live interview with Jason Rasnick Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. If it's not live, I'll let you all know that. But that, that is happening Wednesday. Jason and Kathy. It's happening. That's cool. So very excited for that. All right. It is 8.30 time, cool. 8.35. It is time for Market Structure Monday. Bring on our guest, Tim Quast, founder of Market Structure Edge. Tim, how are we doing
0: this morning? Great, good to see you guys. Uh, greetings from chilly Steamboat Springs. About two below zero here today. How are things? Whoa. where you are?
2: <clears throat> I, not about, that cold. About the same. I'm cold too. <laughs> we, we had a heat wave this weekend. We got up we close to fifty. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. How, yep.
0: about?
1: how about that? Well, how about, how about this market, Tim?
0: <clears throat> well, I was listening to your your conversation about uh, uh Kathy Wood and Palantir and <clears throat> it reminds me, <clears throat> pardon me for one second here.
3: <clears throat> I'm sorry you are getting choked up talking about Kathy. We get it. <laughs> it's uh <clears throat> we all do. It's, uh, it's uh, <clears throat> we all do. Uh, we, all yeah, do. That, we all do that, tell.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> that's my statement on the market right there. Right. <laughs> Uh, uh but uh, seriously I w- the there is uh, the 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 problem to me with much of what you hear from punditry is that uh the 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 market moves for uh for rational reasons and and you look at palantir and you look at the size of passive money and what was happening last week i think it's one of the most important concepts that Trillions of dollars has to figure out how to get itself pegged back to the benchmark uh, around the last trading day of every month. In 2014, the CBO, Chicago Board Options Exchange, created a futures contract that helps passive money get itself realigned. And if you've had tremendous volatility, a tug of war will develop between – The banks that supply those contracts so that folks like Kathy Wood don't have to do it all themselves and the funds that 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 will be in trouble if they have tracking errors. And so everybody's talking about interest rates and the reopen trade and this thing and that thing. And overlooked almost entirely is this massive wave that occurs at the ends of each month. And it happened. It happened this past week it happened at the transition from january to february remember january concluded brutally and february began with a huge surge so if you get yourself realigned with the index about the same time that a bunch of money floods into target date funds and you know 401k contributions and that sort of thing you can see that stuff coming that and and i'm surprised at how few people pay attention to it so uh, and, and Palantir is a great example. Uh, you know, if you, you uh, Palantir was peaked, it, it was overbought when everybody was talking about Kathy uh, Wood buying Palantir. If you look at it now, it's one out of 10, Whoa, one out of 10 oversold. And it's and it's only and it's dropped from 50 to 29 percent short. So if I were looking at that. I, I, would, I would say, okay, the, everybody who was out of whack with, you know, Palantir surges, and, you, and, it, and it becomes a, a, an especially large part of your, uh, your index composition, then it's going to have to get trued up. But that also creates an opportunity, I think, to buy it. And it would be a very contrarian thing to do if you look at the chart. But if you look at market structure, after all, it is Market Structure Monday, uh, the the story may be entirely different, and I'm I'm happy to show you. Uh, well, so you when left, these get but... down to a one, <clears throat> they're
3: just com- they're just so <clears throat> oversold that they're due for a pop. Is that what it's kind of saying, or when it's down to a one, do those just
0: continue to you know be out of favor? Right, right, and and uh, Tesla is a great example of that. So Tesla is a one as well. Uh, but if you if you look at the the data, you you don't want to buy Tesla when it's a one. You want to buy it when it ticks up from yeah. one that starts get the, some some exactly. life what starts showing life right and and we, you know what and for those of you who have never heard me yammer on here in on market structure monday what we're talking about is supply and demand so uh, at market structure edge we really don't care about interest rates or federal reserve we track all that i mean i do i track the fact that the fed is buying 200 billion dollars of of mortgage backed securities every month well sure that's going to it's going to drive down the rates for mortgages. It's going to make, you know, borrowing money very attractive. But it's not the core of what we focus on. What we're concerned about is supply and demand. And when demand is it has peaked and, be, and begins to recede, stocks are going to decline. And when <clears throat> sentiment bottoms and people have to begin to put money back to work, uh, stocks are going to rise. And it, it is that simple to me.
3: So, Tim, let's talk what else is on your radar here. <clears throat> um, obviously, we see some of the mega cap, some some tech out of favor. I mean, a lot of stocks were out of favor last week. It was a hammer them all Friday close um, where they were selling everything here. Do you think, let's just go over all market, first of all. I mean, we've had some. A little bit of the air come out of the bubble to a certain extent. Some stocks that weren't even you know in a bubble got hit last week. Do you think there's some opportunity to come in here and buy the dip, or do you think there's more pain ahead?
0: Right, well, so uh, to 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 uh, to to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to be arrogant and say to quote myself, yeah. <laughs> you know. To, but you, we had this conversation last week. I, I said last week on Market Structure Monday. Uh, GameStop was a pretty good trade looking at it. It was one out of 10, 40% short. I traded it this week. I I made 10% in an hour on it. It's not really my kind of trading, but I knew that the probability would be on my side. Uh, if the math is in your favor, then take advantage of it. But the broad market, remember we were looking at the broad market and I said, I wouldn't, I, this is not the time to be in the market. And, And I use, I joke that, you know, if, if, if you're hearing Maxine Waters. Uh, talking about market structure, you should be in cash. Uh, and uh, but I, I was looking at supply and demand and saying the, the the math was not in our favor. And I expected tumult molt into the end of the month. Uh, and we're not there yet. However, because uh, money flows in at the beginnings of new months, you never know. I will not be surprised if the market rises sharply today, and then maybe Tuesday or Wednesday the bottom falls out again. I, I I'll show you why too. So, if you like, let me just show you this. I think it's a useful thing to see. And uh, folks, if you're if you're following along, go to Market Structure Edge. And you can do the very same thing. You, you know, you can, you'd sign up for a free trial so you don't have to put a credit card in or anything. And you can see this. You can see the same thing that I'm showing you. So I think if you see my screen here, <clears throat> this is what we this is how we see the world. And what you're looking at is this period from about the 14th of January It's a 30 trading day period. So the very this very non-volatile line is market structure sentiment. The volatile line is SPY. And isn't it interesting that the VIX hit a 52-week low on February 12th at the same time that SPY hit a 52-week high, and sentiment rose over six. So we say when the market is above that red line, danger increases. When when you're near the green line, there is opportunity. And so look where we are. I would look at that and say, well, there's a chance because it happened back here. As we transition from January to February, the market surged and sentiment was still falling. So can prices be quicker than sentiment? Well, yes, they can, particularly because of this index effect of trillions of dollars getting rebalanced, money coming back into the market. Could that happen again? Yes. But I still would be very cautious until that line changes direction. That's how we think about it. And, again, that's supply and demand. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, Fed policy or, you know, headlines or fundamentals. It has to do with the supply and demand in the marketplace. Uh, Tim, out of of
1: curiosity here, can you maybe pull up a GameStop? I just want to see what what it's done in the last week.
0: Right. So here's GameStop right down here. And so the things that we will look at, here's sentiment, and the trend is up but it's 58% short. And the lead behavior is Citadel and Quant Labs and Hudson River Trading and so on. So they're much, much faster than you. So you have to be careful. This is how you'd look at it. You know, where do you wanna be in and where do you wanna be out? Sentiment and price. So if it's bouncing against the ceiling at 10, well, that's really good. Uh, I I can't tell you that you could perfectly capture these moves, but when sentiment rises, that's where you buy. And when short volume is very low, there's the short squeeze that we talked about. It It really didn't happen until right into the end of the month. But then when short volume rises above the trend line and sentiment's at 10, leave. And then don't come back until it begins to tick up again and short volume has all, you know, it's been covered. This is where you're going to have mathematical opportunity. But look at it now. Sentiment is still rising, but short volume is back to almost 60%. <clears throat> and so I think that trade is about to run out of steam again. I, you know, here was your op- very brief opportunity to make money, and I would be cautious because of the high short volume. But that's yeah, how I look at Tim,
2: it. Tim, i like to make just one comment here on GameStop. Yeah. Can you say a lower high? I mean, look at the pop right. that it had. Right. I mean, right. if you're, yeah. you know, if you think, like, I know that some people are buying eight, 900 calls or whatever, and they're looking right. for 250, 300. If there's anything that you need to pay attention to when a stock has a dip like that and yep. then attempts to rebound. Right. Look where, uh, like right now, I mean, when it got up to 200 in the pre-market and, I mean, you, can you say lower high? I mean, and I don't know what, right. if it take news, but right. just from a pure technical standpoint, mm-hmm. right, man, a much, 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 much lower high. Yep.
0: Yep. Well, in that same vein, let, let's look at Palantir here. So where should you have been out of Palantir? Well, when short volume was 60 percent. And and it's ten out of ten. Even though you might miss this little bounce, uh, which may be the Kathy Wood effect, uh, this is that data is telling you leave, and, and don't come back until it ticks up. But look where it is now. Short volume is very low. It's well below the trend. It's a one. And when it ticks up, that's when you want to be a buyer. And that's going to happen here, I would say. We're within two, three days of that happening. And then Palantir is going to present some good opportunity. But again, this is supply and demand. It doesn't have anything to do with Palantir's results or its prospects or its competitive advantages. It's purely supply and demand. Yeah, and I
3: mean, it, but there's a lot of it, traders like you look at this, and they don't want to know the fundamentals. They don't want right. to do that, and that and that's fine. Right. I mean, there's like lots of great technical trading systems, and you know, if you believe somewhat in the efficient market hypothesis, some of that right. should be incorporated into the price. Yeah. And then, so you look at the price
0: action, you do get that indirectly. Right, right. So and you know, you could go right down the line here. Tesla one bottomed forty five percent short. Passive money is the lead behavior. A lot of passive money has to own. Uh, uh, Tesla. So I'm going to be looking at that. <clears throat> I know mathematically. Here's the here's the thing. This is really a, an interesting way to think about the math. If I come up, we have this. This is a back testing engine. So if I put Tesla in and say, what happens if I buy the uptick here, uh, and and I'm just just going to look at that data historically. Well, that data would give me an 83 percent return, which is better than buying and holding Tesla. It crushes the S and P 500, and I did it in 60 days. So, am I buying the uptick in Tesla? Yes, I am, and it's getting very, very close to that. So that's that's how I think about it. <clears throat> what do you buy uh, when it
3: gets to a two or a three? Like just as soon as it starts ticking up from one?
0: First uptick from one. Yeah, mathematically that that has been a very, what, what, very good trade.
3: I know we don't want to give away your secret formula here, <laughs> but what causes it to go from one to two? Like,
0: what is like the main driver that's going to be? causing it to tick up. Well, so so this is it gets to one of our core principles that price and volume are not metrics. They are consequences of activity beneath them. So our 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 calculation of market structure sentiment says there are four reasons people buy and sell. Not one. You know if you look at the stock market and say people are investing, you will only be partly correct. Right? <laughs> but there yes, there is investment behavior. But active investment behavior, stock picking. So Tilray is being led right now by active stock picking. Well, that's 9% of market volume. 91% of it is passive, fast trading, or risk management. So we compile how those behaviors change and what effect they have on price. So if fast trading is 54% of trading in GameStop, and it rises by 15%, GameStop is going to move. And that's what we calculate here. And when it stops, what happens if the machines all of a sudden vanish? Well, we're gonna see that. And that's how the market really works. There are people who buy stocks for their unique characteristics, that's stock picking. There are a whole, there's way more assets now buy stocks for their shared characteristics, their market cap, their exposure to an industry, their their volatility characteristics. Then there are machines like Citadel, uh Virtu, that are that are intermediating the market well that's a huge part of the market and they're, they don't want to own anything at the end of the day so you can't look at them the same way you would look at you know an s p 500 fund that has to get the the all of the components of the index properly balanced in its holdings and then risk management the use of derivatives uh that's 18 percent of the market so uh, if, if there's a big change in demand for derivatives that's going to have an effect but that's what goes into market structure sentiment so makes it very simple. You don't have to know all that stuff. All you have to do is follow a scale from one to 10. And, and that's the point here. And look, I'm not selling edge. I'm just saying that there are these things are are so profoundly applicable to the marketplace that that traders necessarily have to think about them now. You know, 1995, you didn't need to do that.
1: Uh, Tim, just one more before I let you go uh, you on the fang stocks, <laughs> right? Um, yes. Let's talk yeah. about that because they've done a whole lot of nothing. Right. For a hot minute here. Right. So, so what, so mm-hmm. what how do you approach that?
0: Here's, here's how we – so, uh, we def, by the way, we just default to providing a FANGS Plus portfolio to folks who use EDGE. So, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be there as a matter of course. But just look at this. If you focus only on the trend. So, there are a handful that are bottomed. So, AMD, Apple, Netflix, Tesla, all bottomed. Short volumes look very appealing. Levels below 50% are very appealing. But look how many of them are still trending down. Down, 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 down. So, as a group, we are not there yet, and you can really see that just looking at the at the broad portfolio. The the thing, and I'll show you here on the if you if you just want to look at the trend line, and I, I think very much about sentiment as a trend, and it's a ten day cycle roughly. So, look at this. Here's here's where they peaked, and it perfectly coincided with the top for S, the S and P five hundred, February twelfth. 52-week low for the VIX, 52-week high for SPY, and the fangs peaked. Sorry. So look at the trend line. It's still coming down. Short volume looks really good. See, they were heavily short in here. Now that short volume has come back in line with tr- the trend. When this line ticks up, we are back in business. How far is that away? It's within a week. So within a week, I think we see the market move. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't think the market is in trouble yet. At some point, it will be. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be February 2021. But you want to make sure that you capture the wave and you don't get washed over by it, so to speak.
1: All right. Tim Quast is the founder and CEO of Market Structure Edge, joins us every Monday for Market Structure Monday. Tim, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. Good to see you guys. Thanks. All right. Uh, saw someone in the chat asking about Workhorse. No, they have not reported earnings yet. I know they're on the schedule, but I the have not. Can
3: buy more of that?
1: I have Friday. not seen it. Again, uh, I don't
3: have my list. Let me
1: go back to the email. I just go back to up, the
3: email. I just had it open. I remember thinking about Workhorse. Maybe she didn't
1: on. I I it was it, on my uh, brain, but maybe it
3: was from the day before. Go back I and find I it I don't now. have my list.
1: Yeah, well, let's actually go back I don't even have
3: enough. my iPad that has the email that has
1: it. Alright, I'll, I'll, I'll go everything. back <laughs> and run through. Okay, so let, let's finish running through the buys from, from Friday. So, yeah, go through. Uh, RPTX is up this morning. Last I checked, she bought 6,000 shares of RPTX. She bought uh, about a quarter million shares of Teladoc. That's up this morning. We can bring Joel's chart up. Yep. Wow, we're looking at these. Okay, uh, TeleDoc is up this morning. Uh, one Life O N E M. She bought two hundred forty thousand shares of that. It it's is up, up this morning. Last I yeah. checked. Yeah, it's been up. Uh, right yeah, uh, yeah. They're up or bit up. Uh, Nine hundred eight devices ticker is M A S S Mass. She bought fifty two thousand shares of she that. Bought that one before too. Okay, it's been up this morning. Last I checked. Signify Health S G F Y. Uh, she bought some of that is up buying that for days yep um and we mentioned berkeley lights and let's see uh i don't see a is, is adpt up uh no it's not she bought some of that and she bought some accd and that one is uh, looks like it's bit up a little bit
3: these are all the same stocks she's been buying for
1: but the no but here's one though but here's interesting what do you have? square Square is up more than the others, I would say, this morning. But she bought that two days ago, too. Right. So, right. so
3: she's been buying that for a couple of days, too. Um, the one thing to consider is what Spencer was saying earlier is, one, is it a new buy? Because it's going to get the most pop. Two, is it a smaller company or a bigger company? Because obviously her you know influence is going to be well-pronounced in a company that's smaller as opposed to if she's buying Microsoft or Apple, where she's not going to move the needle much at all. So that's what you got to consider, you know. And I just try to throw, you know, the the quantitative approach to it and say, okay, well, this is a new buy, this should be up more than it is, or this is up too much for that. When they're buy, she's been buying for a week or two weeks or three weeks, and they're trading up five, six percent because everybody this morning is excited about Kathy again. Those are shorts, in my opinion, um, or sells. So, so that's what you have to look at. It are
2: there um, any Are there any cells? That's how I
3: trade it. That's yeah. how I ask you guys a question? It? Yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. there
2: any cells on there?
3: Of course there are sales. Nobody looks at them. There's all kinds
1: of sales.
2: But I mean, there is, there
3: is all One, kinds two, of sales. Three, because, all no, kinds of sales. So what, what's okay. a few things she sold?
1: Nine, nine, ten. I'm just counting the sales right now. Hold on. She the, sells
3: all kinds of stuff. I, nobody I, looks. I, honestly,
1: I think it's like half buys, half yeah. sells. Okay, good. Just, so, okay. So, it's, good. It's, so, it's so, such good.
3: a rigged market, Joel. Not that it's rigged, in, but it's just like the, the mentality. Right. We talked um, about
1: that a long time ago.
3: It's the same thing with SEC filings. You can see somebody bought a thousand, or somebody bought 10,000 shares of a stock in a smaller cap name, and the thing rips up 5%, 10% because of the director that bought it. Another director will sell a million shares of a <laughs> small cap stock, and it won't go down at all because they say, oh, well, they're selling because they want to go buy a mansion or they want to go do something. But there's only one reason to buy, and that's because they want to make money in it. Hey, so, isn't, I mean, it's the mentality. That, that's the truth. I don't yeah. even look. I, and, and and this is – I'm a professional trader. I don't even look at the insider cells because I know they're not going to move the price. If they start moving the price, I'd start looking. But because I know they don't move the price unless it's something, you know, like Icon dumping out of a position that he was an activist in or something major like that, they typically don't move the price. The Kathy sells maybe a little – you see more pressure in the stocks that, sh, that people are anticipating she's going to buy and she doesn't buy it. There's more pressure on that because there's crowded trades. People try to anticipate, oh, well, she's been buying this for four days in a row. She's probably going to buy it again. And if you jump in that and she doesn't buy it that day, you'll actually see that stock go down the next day because she didn't buy it. Because everybody who bought it on the close is a bunch of anticipatory traders doing that need to get out. Because they're like, oh, crap, she didn't buy it. And then they're trying to work themselves out. But the Does she, she have to disclose
2: – uh, do we know or does she disclose if she does options trades? I think she would. I don't think
3: she dis- I don't think. I think she uh, would disclose uh, it. I don't think she does. I don't. I because don't, like I don't everyone's really doing that.
2: all this interpretation of things, and you know when she's buying, you know she, you know maybe long puts or something. I mean, I I just it. No, I, don't know. I don't think so, Joel. I don't. Okay, think I don't I think know. She would disclose that.
3: I, she doesn't have to do it. Like, she's one. She's not an inside Like, she's doing this. Like, the question is, you know, people can ask the question, why does she do this? Nobody else does this. Why should she do this? To be honest with you, I think she does it because she knows she could give the stocks are going to get a pop. I mean, it's like, wow, why wouldn't you do it? I mean, if you could buy a stock, and new one, and then you know it's going to pop 10% because you disclose it that day, I mean, you're up 10% in it before you even did anything.
1: So why not? Oh, well. Wow. There's Uh-oh. a there's a case
3: there. She's doing it because she knows the market will rip it high, rip her stocks higher. I I and don't that's know the markets. Fault.
1: I I don't know how long she's been doing the yeah, the, wonder, the daily emails. Be but a good heard, But I would imagine. She, I I know we've only been paying attention for a couple months. But I but I It'd but I been imagining. I imagine that they've been doing it because. That that's what they do. They they do actively managed ETFs, and the entire point of an ETF is that in the first place is that it's transparent. If you want an actively managed non-transparent ETF, there are those exist too. But she's got an actively managed transparent ETF. Uh, so and that's the point is to is to release it daily, so you hey you can see what she's buying, what she's selling, and she and as far as the sell the sell is not moving the stock, it's because she sells all like she sells Tesla all the time. But it's mostly the rebalance. Tesla yeah, she's rebalancing, a, right, she's rebalancing so. constantly. Right. She's rebalancing constantly.
3: But she has inflows and outflows, too. She has to. I, I, that's it, right. That. Exactly. People that are, she,
1: she has to manage the, the money going in and out. Yeah. So, and she does that by buying and selling stocks. Yeah. So that's the other part of it. Is That's a great point.
3: That's yeah. So, you know, and Kathy, we got to give her props. I mean, you know, I follow her trade. There's, I don't follow any. This girl has literally, like, changed dy- market dynamics where – I've you know I used to care about Warren Buffett. Every forty-five days, we see what Warren Buffett's doing. Now we get a Kathy email every night. And these are tradable
1: events. Can you imagine if Warren Buffett disclosed his stuff every night, every day? <laughs>
3: oh, I'd be. I bought. But so it wouldn't make. be very much because he doesn't do that much. Know, but Kathy's actually actively yeah, trading, so you know she's pretty, she's active. I mean, she, what how many trades she make on Friday? Like fifty, 50 or 60.
1: 50 something. 50 yeah. some
3: trades she's like an yeah, active they, trader
1: they, so they are active
3: th- th- the question is you know is she doing this just to be more transparent is she doing it because she knows her stocks will get a pop if she does it i mean why wouldn't you do it if you knew your stocks were going to get a pop if she does it so i think it's smart of her to do it if the market's going to follow her that closely why not Why not? You're going to get this pop. Everybody's going to talk about what you bought. You buy Palantir, I'm going to buy 5 million shares, and you know it's going to get a 5, 6, 10% pop after hours because you disclose that you bought it. So it's smart, smart trading of her to know that she's got that influence and people are just blindly following her. Now, is it smart of the followers? That's what I've been arguing is that in Palantir, it has not been working. If you've been buying up 7, 8, 10% every morning when it's popped, well, if you've held for the last four or five days, you're down. If you Maybe maybe it pops up 10 and you're getting out up 15. But overall, you're giving up a lot of edge. By buying Palantir up this morning, up 6.5%, you're giving up a lot of edge, man. So the question is, you know, does it go up 10 or 12? Can you get a little extra oomph? Some days you do. Some days the market rolls over and this thing gives it back. And I mean, really, overall, if you're looking for the last six, seven days and you've been buying this and holding it for any longer than a day, You've been losing money with the strategy of blindly chasing her. So there's times to blindly chase Kathy, and there's times to maybe lay off of that. I think right now we're still in the layoff of the period of, of uh, you know blindly chasing Kathy Wood.
1: And and I, I want to look at like AONE, which she bought on Friday, which is up this morning, but well off the high. You can see what it, what it did uh, at, at 4 a.m. It got to $14, AONE. At four
3: a.m., there's so much illiquidity. liquidity. It all takes is one or two excited people, and it can pop. There's sometimes nothing in the book. Like people don't understand. At four a.m., the book could be empty. Like there's no orders. If you want to get aggressive, you could buy a thing at eighteen bucks probably because there's nothing in there. So you say, I want to own it. You know, be go fourteen, bid fifteen, bid. Somebody that's you know a, a more you know seasoned trader is probably going to say it's too much and smack you. But and they're going to hit and they're going to hit you short. Uh, But, you know, sometimes at 4am, you know, sometimes these moves are sustained. It's tough. But if you're getting all excited at 4am, be very careful. Like 4am trading is not for rookies. It's not for somebody just starting uh, because there is, you know, obviously it's all pricing and efficiency at 4am. And you, if you you could pay up, you know, substantially for a stock that gets really good news, and you can really get hammered. So be very careful trading. We point.
1: we have some breaking news here. What let's see if, my, let's see if my soundboard works.
3: More bad news for me and the stocks that I got.
1: <laughs> uh, was that too? That was too quiet. I feel like let me let me get that up here. That was too quiet. There we go. All right, ticker Wi-Fi is halted. Boingo Wireless shares are halted. They are announcing. Uh, The purchase of a company, Digital, I'm sorry, they're being acquired. That's what's happening. They're being acquired by Digital Colony, ticker CLNY, for $854 million. Shareholders of Wi-Fi will receive uh, $14 per share in cash.
3: It's funny. You see this thing rip higher at 9 (laughs) a.m. They didn't halt it in time. So the news probably hit, and they're trying to halt it, but they don't get it halted in time, and everybody gets picked off. So 11.77, 11. You can see all the trades. There's literally been no trades on this the entire morning besides an off-exchange trade on an odd lot, 11.40. And then at 9 a.m., 11.77, 78, 77, 77, 12.13, and then 12.25, 12.25, 2700. So your high-frequency algorithmic traders, they're you know picking off anything that's below that takeout price. So... If you're going to come out with the news, you got to get it halted before the news. Like, where? <laughs> like like don't hit the wire and then halt it two seconds later. When did that hit the wire? Let's go look at the Binsicka oh, Pro. Man. Exact second that well, hit the let's, wire. Well, let's see this is the, a screw-up by the company. That's what it is. Let's
1: see. The uh, The press release hit at 9, nine o'clock on the dot. Yeah. 900. Nine, There's zero, still zero, trades going on. 9000,
3: 0, zero. 9004. Zero, 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 nine, zero, zero, nine, zero,
2: zero, the guy the exchange, runs the exchange, lifting offers before he halts uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it is 900
3: on the dot, and then it all gets lifted, and then they halt it. When did the halt happen? Do we have the time with the exact halt? Uh, I do. we go yeah. to NASDAQ
1: halts? We do in Benzinger Pro, as a matter of fact. So when the me... exact halt happen? Yeah, let me look it up for you. In the Benzinger Pro signals tool, halt at 9.0006. Six seconds later.
2: Yeah. Six, that's eternity. Well, how in the
3: heck? Like, come on. So somebody's at fault here. Either the exchange halted it too slow or the company released the press release too fast. Either way, I would think the company's going to come out at nine o'clock. You got to get the thing halted before the news. I mean, those
2: people that sold at 1225 got picked off. So if you're going to come on, we got some other news going. What else is going on Uh, here? We just popped to 55. Now we're back at 50 uh, bouncing around like a ping pong ball. That's
3: a joke to halt. Don't bother halting at all. Sometimes on mergers, they don't halt them at all. But if you're going to halt it six seconds after the press release, you're wasting, you know, everyone's, you know, you're just allowing the high frequency trader to pick off anyone who's sitting in the book below that price.
2: Hey, uh, Des, before, before we uh, wrap up, do you know where Johnson & Johnson got to at 4 a.m.? No. 165.
3: I know. People just overvalue these vaccine plays. Johnson Johnson, it's not like it's Moderna or Novavax and this is, like, it for them. J&J is a huge company here. And you're giving it all that weight on the tape that j and J's actually looks kind of broken through the 160. It's a snapback rally to sell. That 165 was a gift in my opinion. I think even at 161 and a half, it's still a gift. I, I know, it, I was it, talking about yeah, I don't even get the yesterday's eye.
2: Of
3: like Pfizer, think about how much we were kept oh. on Pfizer and Pfizer and Pfizer. It's 33 bucks now full disclosure I do have some Pfizer in my long-term investment portfolio. But man, what a gift. From 40 to 42, you know, we kept popping up. Gilead was the same thing, kept popping up on the vaccine news and or the Remdesivir, you know, on the, on the uh therapy and that was all a selling opportunity too so Novavax, moderna different story because this is so big it's 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 like everything to them but johnson johnson this is not going to move the needle on their bottom line big company so, big, big, big company. company it's not moving yeah. the needle on the bottom line he gets seven percent pop or seven uh, point pop and something like this it's a gift take the gifts in this market you take the the gift that the market is giving you, like in your GameStops and these, you know, some of these short squeeze stocks and KOSs, you take it, or the market takes it for you because eventually they go back down. Cost KOSs was up like thirty-seven bucks, um, thirty-five dollars got to two days ago, back to seventeen. So you take the quick money, or the market takes it for you. All right. Uh, then i look upset. I've multiple reasons. So, I, 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 I'm, I'm hyper today. I'm a little bit upset because I had two pieces of news hit me in the middle of the show that were negative for my stocks, but that's just bad luck. I mean, you happen to be short the wrong stock, so not not, not a huge deal. You, you get over it. So
1: I'll, I'll tell the news guys to help you out tomorrow, and maybe hopefully that helps. Uh, I, I don't it's know what kind of influence, fast, man. The news yeah.
3: comes out, there's breaking news on a stock. You might be short, it might be long. It. I I, uh, when it works in my favor, it's not good trading. It's bullshit luck. When it works against you, it's not bad <laughs> trading. It's bullshit luck. I used to say this to new traders. They'll say, what a great trade. I was in this stock and, you know, and just randomly got taken over. And the chart had been going down forever. But whatever their thesis, maybe they were in it. They thought it could eventually get taken over. And, and sometimes rumors and stuff, that's okay. But sometimes it's just random. Sometimes it's just random luck. You're in, a long, you're in a stock like Wi-Fi, you know, like the stock's been going down for three, four days, gets taken over, um, you happen to be shorted, it's bad luck. You happen to be long it's good luck. It's not good trading, though. So you can't consider that. I always say take those gains that you get from, you know, a, a breaking news after the fact that you just happen to be in and throw that into a piggy bank. If you actually made 10 points because stock randomly popped up 10 points on random good news that 10 points will eventually be taken away from you if you hold stuff overnight on a stock that's going to have bad news that's actually going to work against you so um when you have a stock random news works against you it comes out of your you know that little piggy bank that you got going because it's nothing to do with your trading ability that's all luck
2: All right, Spencer, who's our guest tomorrow?
1: Oh, it is Tuesday. You know what that means, Miche. doesn't it? Uh, oh, Mee Snyder. We're off the off week, right? Mee Snyder. Uh, Nick was, I was thinking it was Nick, but that would be next week. So Mee Snyder will be our guest on uh, tomorrow's show. She's great. Uh, Mark Gage, she's she's fantastic. So want to remind you all that today's show, every show actually, is available as a podcast for all the major. Podcast platforms. If you're listening to the show via podcast, please remember all the information on our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. The disclaimer is up on the screen. We want to thank our guest today, Tim Quast. He is the founder and CEO of Modern IR and Market Structure Edge. To learn more about Market Structure Edge, go to MarketStructureEdge.com. It is the first decision support platform for traders built on market structure it's also the sponsor of today's show uh it's gonna be a wrap for me uh here's here's what's gonna happen i'm gonna stay on for like 15 20 minutes then i'm gonna hop and i'm gonna transition to our next show which again link is in the chat it is pinned to to the top of the chat get technical with neil Hamilton. so um if dennis and joe want to hang they can if not they can dip that's cool i'm gonna hang with you all for a few minutes we're just gonna hang out we can talk news, talk whatever we didn't get to during the show. I got
3: one more thing, actually, just before you go to yeah. technical, if I can. I actually had a Twitter question, which was a oh, good
1: one. Oh, we didn't get to this. I,
3: I, I, I'll take three minutes, three yeah. minutes to try to go through it. It was from Ticker Vault, a uh, follower of mine. Uh, he was just asking about sizing up trades. Yeah. Um, he or she was asking on Ticker Vault. I don't know if that's a boy or a girl. So, we'll, <laughs> Ticker Vault. Um Sizing up trades, meaning, okay, you're trading at a certain size level and you want to try to go to the next size level. And they were talking about the struggle. It's like, I want to get to that next size level. It's like, all of a sudden, I'm not doing as well as I was doing with smaller size. You're always going to see a little more slippage. As your size gets bigger, you're going to see a little bit more slippage. So if your strategy is making 90%, at size 100 shares, you go to 2 or 300 shares, it's gonna make a little bit less. You go to 500 shares, it's gonna make a little bit less. You go to 1,000 shares, it's gonna make a little bit less. It's slippage as you get bigger. 100 shares, really easy to get in out of. Most stocks, you know, you can get in out of a few hundred, 500, maybe 1,000 shares. You start to get into 1,000 to 2,000, you start to, okay, now you have to start to be able to work orders, because it's not like I'm just getting in and out on the bed. I mean, we're, if we're trading Bank America, it's easy. But if you're trading any smaller mid-cap stock, it's not that easy to get out of you know five hundred shares, a thousand shares, as it is to a hundred shares. So you got to start you know working the order a little bit better. If you're just blindly bidding stocks, you push the price away from you. Hundred shares will push the price a little bit. Thousand shares will push the price a lot. So you got It's all about execution styles and strategies on how you get in and out. Um, you know, and and ha- trying to conceal the intention of your orders. One type of order I like to use a lot is a discretionary order where I send my, I put my order way lower than the current price and i put discretion on it because if i just you know throw you know my order right out there and go top bid on something with them it's a really fast stock you might get out top bid but if it's a smaller cap or a mid cap name that isn't moving as much you will actually push the price away from you because there's you know algorithmic traders that are reading oh we have a new buyer they want to pay up more and they will try to make you pay up more so uh, what i use a discretionary order where i try to get outside the market I'll go if I want to buy the stock at say twenty five bucks. I'll put twenty four fifty with fifty cents of discretion. So anything that that stock came and offered at like twenty four eighty, I'd get twenty four eighty, which is better than my twenty five. So you know those that's called discretionary, and that's one thing to try to help with the slippage. If you're just struggling with the mental game of sizing up, because all of a sudden it's like oh you know I'm you know. You're used to trading 100 shares and you're making, you know, 50 bucks or 80 bucks or 30 bucks, depending on your timeline. And now all of a sudden you're trading two or 300 shares. And I'm going back to when I started in 1999. I struggled with that mental game to get off 100 shares where, you know, I started by trading 1999. I was 100 shares. and I was being consistent. But when I go up to 200 or 300, I get more nervous and psychological factors come in. I still struggle with that. I'm at a different size level now. But, you know, if I size up where I start to, like, you know, double my size on trades all of a sudden. I start to get more nervous with it because you're getting a little bit bigger than you're comfortable with. So you try not to get out of your comfort level. It's nicer when you can size up by just going up like 10% of the time, 20% at a time, not trying to double. I mean, when you're 100 shares to 200 shares, you almost kind of got to double because you're a 100 share lots. But if you're trading like 1,000 shares or something normally, Instead of going to two thousand, maybe go to eleven hundred, maybe go to twelve hundred. Don't get so much out of your comfort zone where the numbers are getting so much bigger, where the losers are getting bigger because when trades go against you that it's affecting your psychological mindset on it. So that's how I've, you know, tried to size up, but it's something that all strugg- traders struggle with to a certain extent. We always want to get bigger, you know, we always want to get to a different size level. I mean, think about Chris Camilo, he trades huge size on stuff. Um, I can't trade that kind of size on stuff, even though on some trades I might have the capital to do it. I'm not comfortable trading size. You know, I don't like losing huge money on stuff. And Chris has had some big losers, but he makes big money, too. So, I mean, it's all a matter of what your comfort level is as well. So I like to stay diversified, trade lots of different stocks. I don't like to be in just one stock and all in. But, you know, again, you know, the psychological aspects do come into play as you're sizing up so try i'd like to make two comments
2: two comments on this one if you're trading 10 stocks you don't have to go up on size on all 10 maybe you go up on a couple you know incrementally yep and then the other thing which is much more important than that is the market environment okay like if you're doing really good like yeah. the market action over yeah. the like Friday. Like if you had a great week last week and like, oh, I crushed it on Friday and this and, and you're like, OK, I think a lot has to do with the market environment. So you could be you could be ready to up your size, but it could be a market environment where the market is moving and you could make as much money on 500 shares as a thousand shares. Yeah. So just because you're ready to go, just because you're ready to do it, I mean, doesn't necessarily. You know, be, be aware of what the market market environment is because the timing of it could just you know it could wreck your confidence and then you you bump up you get crushed and then you come down so just make sure you, you're you're care- careful of the overall market environment.
3: I'm constantly adjusting my size and you're right Joel. That's a huge factor involved. Is you know when when I have a strategy that's that's not working as well i start decreasing the size on i never stop doing the strategy because then i won't know when it starts working again but i still employ the strategies but i employ it less so i'm like okay this isn't working as well i'm gonna just decrease the size on a little bit like kathy you know buying kathy pops haven't been working as well so you, you know if you're that's your strategy and like i said you know i've been actually going against that strategy to a certain extent but i mean if it's your strategy you're long only trading you're buying kathy pops and not working as well you decrease the size when it's not working, and then you start increasing the size when the strategies start working again. It's a way to monitor, you know, what the strategy is doing, too. So we've got have an you know, hour conversation on this, but those yeah. are some tips there. So, Ticker Vault, great question. Thank you for
2: that. Uh, yep, double... that wraps up the three-minute answer. <laughs> All right. I
3: did it yeah. six, five, <laughs> and, and, and there's also a of, uh, of it. We also love you, man. No, also, no. Uh...
2: Knowledge, knowledge. This is what people want. We're trying no, to that was give
3: you thing. education here. We're not trying to food feed you trades. We're trying to educate you make you better traders.
1: Uh, Chateau is good for a few zingers. Uh, Spinner has a great one. You never have enough size when they're going up. Never. So you always have too much size when they're That's going down. Always. That's always.
3: <laughs> always. <laughs> always. Yeah. That's so true, point. Spinner. I'm always like, why didn't I put more of that on <laughs> when it's going I, your yeah. way? yeah. it's like, how am I that big in that stock? It was way
2: too big
1: in that. <laughs> so, yeah.
3: What Some, am I
2: doing? What am I doing in that somebody,
1: stock? Somebody asked me if I regret I had I didn't buy more cannabis stocks. N- knowing. And I was like, well, yeah. If I knew they were going to go up, I would have oh, bought yeah. more.
3: they <laughs> would no, like to go all in if I knew it was going to. If I had a crystal ball, <laughs> you knew it was going <laughs> to do that. Of course
1: I would have bought more if I'd known of they were going to double in a year. Jeez. <laughs> How could yeah. I be so stupid? All right, uh, guys, fun. Dennis, Joel, thanks a lot. Joel, see you for pre-market prep at the close. Uh, today is not going to be a mega stream, guys. This is what we're going to do for, for at least the next few days. We're going to do individual streams for every show. So pre-market prep gets its own stream. Uh, there's a link in the chat to get technical. That'll start at 930 with Neil. Uh, we'll have a new stream at 1030, a new stream at 11 uh, for Spax attack. Uh, Mitch is out today, so he's moving, so I'll, I'll be filling in for uh, for Mitch on SPACs with Chris Cacci. We we'll do have some, some SPAC news today, which we can get to here in a second. A new stream at noon, a new stream at uh, 2.30, uh, 3, 3.30, and 4. Again, all of these links, uh, I'll just put the link in the chat. All these links are already on YouTube right now. If you go to Ben Thinke's YouTube channel, you can see all of them there. You can tune in to what you want, what you don't want. She tuned all of it, but hey, we we, we realize some of you probably have a uh, have jobs and things to do, and that's fine. That's why we go all day. Uh, but for now, via different streams. So there is the link in chat, YouTube.com/slash Benzinga. You can see all of our scheduled streams for the day. We're going to do this at, at least for a couple more days, uh, and then we're going to reassess, right? Because we we did the all day eight hour stream for for a couple of weeks. Uh, there are some things we liked about that, some things we didn't like about that. We're taking your feedback as always. There are some things that you like about that and things you don't like about that. So we're going to, Take all this in. Uh, We've only been doing this separate stream now for for two days, so we're gonna do it for a a few more days and sort of reassess how we want to do things. Because you know, there's no there's no right way. We're always changing things, Um, but that's how we're gonna do things at least for for Monday, uh, Tuesday, and probably Wednesday. It's just different streams for every show. Uh, Gives us more clarity, one, as to who's watching what, which is helpful. Uh, But we we also want to make it easier for you guys to to find our shows. So that's always something that we're working on. All right, nine twenty. I'm gonna hang with you guys for. Uh, about eight or nine minutes, and then we'll, uh, we'll hop off the stream. We'll go over to get technical with Neil, and we'll have some fun looking at some charts. A uh, couple of things I want to get uh, on the radar. In the meantime, I mentioned Workhorse. I guess the earnings are finally out at 9 o'clock, which is very late uh, in the morning for an earnings report. But nonetheless, here we go. Let me bring up my, my screen so you, you can see what I'm seeing when I look at the numbers in Benzinga Pro. Here they are. Um, again, earnings. I don't even know if this company has earnings. They, they don't even have sales, really. Look at that. $652,000. They, they don't really have revenue at this point. Uh, so they missed the estimate. Net income, $280 million. Man, this, this is this company's early days. Early, early days. Let's look at the chart. Uh, so you can see here, this is really easy, right? Because it's the first day in March. So you can clearly see the division in the days. Um, between Friday and today. So it is down uh, after that report. Not a not a ton, though. I mean, you can see that red candle. It's down 2.7% in the pre-market today, but not a ton of action there in um, Workhorse. Let's go to Boeing here. This one caught my eye. So I had that. United has increased their order of 737 MAX jets that brings their total order to 180. Oh, I didn't, I didn't bring up my chart. I apologize, guys. Let's go back to workhorse you can see that workhorse chart there we go uh you can see that red candle uh on workhorse uh boeing so U- ual is, is buying more of boeing's 737 max that's the takeaway there all right look at that very easy to see that right pretty obvious um. Okay. What else did I want to say? Oh yeah, the Spac news. Let's talk about so. What this vector acquisition? We'll cover this um more depth on Spac's attack at eleven o'clock. But Rocket Lab, which don't even know what they do, but I'm imagining involves space, is going public via a merger, or I guess an acquisition, with Vector Acquisition ticker VACQ, four point one billion dollar deal. So that's that's pretty big, right? See. So not all these backs are, are are that big, but four point one billion dollars is a pretty nice size deal. VACQ, look at that! Look at all that action already! Wow, how high did that get? They got to fourteen dollars and th- is that right? Where's the height? Sixteen eighty, sixteen eighty! Wow, we're down to thirteen now. These things really move. I never heard of this back before today. I never heard of Rocket Labs before today. Uh, so Chris Kachi, who's spending the morning doing some research, will have more insightful commentary than I uh, on SPACs attack at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Let's go back to my movers tool again. This is where I look at every morning when I get in, the first thing I do. And this is how you can tell that it's going to be like an up day or a down day. So this morning, at, a couple hours ago now when I hopped in here, i um, You know, I get in front of my desk and I see like the, like what are the top gainers and the top losers and the magnitude, right? So this morning, there was not many stocks on this, on this down, this down list. It was all like leverage ETFs that were down. Fisker has been down all morning. Um, but there wasn't a lot of names here. It was a lot of like you see a lot of direction funds, right? A lot of pro shares funds. Um, not a lot of like actual stocks. And that's a giveaway that we're going to be up pretty much across the board. And if you, you, you look at the, uh, the, the, The magnitude of the biggest losers versus the biggest winners, and with a couple of exceptions there, there are far more double-digit gainers this morning than there are double-digit losers. Obviously, ATNX sort of flies in the face of that. Uh, Phoenix, they had some earnings this morning, and they also received a complete response letter. Never a good thing that basically means the FDA says, we're not going to approve your drug right now. We need more. That's what a CRL, complete response letter, means. Earnings are irrelevant at this point. It's all about the, uh, the complete response letter. So if I go to my chart, we can see what 18X is doing. Yeah, ouch. I'm sorry to anybody who, who's long that. Um, but this is this is part of the game, right, in Biotech stocks. So we'll talk about this at, at, on uh, Biotech Buzz at 2.30 with uh, Vivi. Get her thoughts on that. But that's kind of par for the course, right? Okay, let's see what... Uh, Chat's talking about. I did. I want to add one more thing, actually, from chat. Um, I saw people. People were thinking that we're hating on Kathy Woods. We were not hating. Nobody here was hating on on on, on Kathy Wood. We're acknowledging her gigantic influence on the market, and that cannot be denied. And that that's that's just a fact. That's not hating on her. That's not. That's just the way it is. It's. It doesn't matter how how anybody feels about her influence, whether it's earned or not. That's the way it is. She moves stocks like that every single day so that's not hate i don't think no one's mad at. but dennis isn't mad about that he's trading it that if anything he likes it give him something to trade so i just want to clarify that right no one here is hating on kathy no one here we don't really hate anyone if you have influence you have influence doesn't matter if anybody if i or you or dennis or joel thinks that influences is, is deserved or not deserved Influence is influence. We are living in an influencer market. Is it dumb that Elon Musk can tweet that he loves Bitcoin and it goes up? Yeah, it's dumb, but that's the way it goes. I mean, that's kind of in the market that we're in right now. So, you know, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. It just matters what reality and reality is Kathy wouldn't move stocks. So that's why we talk about her a lot, frankly, because she's moving stocks. And it's not just it's that she's moving them, it's when. It's always in the after-hours session, and that's when Dennis trades a lot. So it gives him uh, something to do, and it gives us uh, something to talk about and a unique perspective because she's basically injecting volatility later in the after-hours session. Like most of the headlines come out at 4, four thirty-five. There's really very little news flow after 5 p.m. Eastern time. Kathy's emails are out at like 6 o'clock, 6.30. So she's injecting fresh volatility every single night into the after hours markets. So that's what that's another reason why is she is is she's moving stocks, but it's also when the news comes out, it makes it extra impactful for Dennis. So it's top of mind for him and top of mind for us. So that, that's that's why no one hates Kathy. Uh, you got to admire she's been incredibly right uh on on her Tesla call, and the other thing, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see if Jason will ask her this question on Wednesday, but I th- I think human nature is playing into this because it's way easier way easier to be I think pessimistic than optimistic, right? Kathy Wood uh, has made a name for herself by being extremely optimistic on the future of tech and genomics and all these all these companies that that she she owned and optimistic like to the point of like eye roll, right? Or like you're like seriously, really? You you think that that could happen in ten years? Really? It's just easier to to and and I'm as guilty of this as anyone. It's easier to say yeah right, yeah right. That's not gonna happen. I mean, you can't argue with her results, right? I mean, she's been right so far. Uh, she was right about Tesla, even if you think that was dumb. She was she was right uh, about her price target two years ahead of schedule. So. I want to make sure that Jason asks her, asks her about that on Wednesday. It's just it, it's She gets a lot of hit criticism, I think, because it's just easier for people to be pessimistic than it is to be optimistic. If you're listening via podcast, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a good rest of your day.